everyone, and welcome to the all-new Forever Blue Shirts radio podcast, powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Forever Blue Shirts radio podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Scultori, creator, owner, operator, ForeverBlueShirts.com, and the TheDailyGoldHorn.com. First off, thank you guys very much. Please keep hitting those sites. Greatly appreciate it. Going to be a lot of fun covering uh, the NHL and the Rangers this season. So please make sure to check those out. And with me today, going to have some fun. My guest, <laughs> New York Post digital producer, writer, journalist, Rob Taub. What's up, buddy? What's going on, man? How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We're going to we're gonna have some fun. Uh, I, this episode is going to be... Uh, kind of preseason for Rangers and Islander fans. We're, we're going to, we're going to jib jab. We're going to have some fun. Uh, we're definitely going to poke. Um, you'll probably hear me singing and chanting. I'm sure Rob might throw one in who the hell knows, but we're yeah. going to get going. First off, Rob, let's talk about hockey is back. How happy are you? I'm ecstatic because I, I just need a distraction. Like the, I'm a jet fan. So this has been a very, very just condolences. Awful. awful. <laughs> Oh well, I'm, I I got the best news yesterday that Adam Gase is gone. But now it's about getting the the next head coach right, which they haven't been able to do since Rex Ryan. So I'm happy about that. But yeah, I I'm so stoked that hockey is back. I need it back in the worst way. I I agree. I, to me, there's no sport like it. It's the it's the greatest game on the planet. Again, I'm obviously extremely biased, but you know, from a kid who wasn't a hockey fan till later on in his early, you know you know, I guess teenage years, I was like 10, 11, 12, around the time I started getting introduced. And then I just started watching it and fell more and more in love with it. I was a huge baseball guy and I love the Yankees. You know, I can prove to you, I'm a huge Yankee fan. Steve Kemp was my favorite Yankee, my first favorite Yankee. People are going, who the hell is Steve Kemp? Well, I'm dating myself, <laughs> but yes, Steve Kemp, early eighties. Uh, I, I kind of just love the way he played the outfield, you know, but uh, that's just, that's just an example. And, you know, I'm a kid from Queens, so kind of grew up, didn't really have any access to roller rinks or whatever. You played in the street, you played stickball and things like that. And, you mm -hmm. know, there was a there was a basketball court somewhere nearby at the park or a baseball field. And that's all you did. Hockey was not really something predominant in my area. But as soon as I laid eyes on that game, man, holy cat, crap that I fall. I hear you. Um, so yeah, hockey's back. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, yesterday, some news NBC released its national schedule and hockey fans, you won't have to wait long to get a complete overdose of hockey. Cause on January 13th, NBC is opening up with a triple header starting at five 30, which will be the penguins versus the flyers followed up at eight by the Blackhawks versus the lightning and then finishing off at 10.30 with the Blues versus the Abs. So to me, that is a load of fun for a hockey fan. So if anyone was missing it, you're going to get your fix right away. And then I believe um, you're going to have to tell, tell me on the Islanders. I know the Rangers open up on the 14th of the Island. Wait, yeah, hold on. What am I talking about? We're playing each other. <laughs> I know. That's back just to back. so great. That is I, so great. I almost, I almost think it – you know, it was written in the stars for it to happen. And like, it just made so much sense, like, you know, travel wise, but yeah, back to back. I can't wait those two. Uh, I feel like right off the bat, it's going to be a bloodbath because after the game is we saw last year, there was just so, 
even uh, even with the results, but like the the two games that they played each other at the Coliseum were just barn burners, and I, I loved every second of it. That that was the Islander Ranger rivalry I I knew when I was younger, and the one before the Islanders really dominated the series a few years ago. Like that was those were the games that were just like pumped. They'd have your blood pumping after the game. Well, I'm going to tell you flat out, yes, those are great games. So, yeah, I'm a little older than you, Rob, obviously. Uh, I love, to me, this is going to be the greatest 56-game schedule or shortened season in NHL history. Oh, yeah. Uh, The reason why I'm saying it is because, for me, when I I got really into hockey late 80s, uh, I mean, where I was watching it and trying to consume all I could, um, you have no idea what those rivalries were like in the late 80s. I've early seen 90s. the clips. I've seen, I've seen the clips of uh, Ken Baumgartner going after uh, Chris King and almost killing him on the ice. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I mean but that was, that was part of I've seen of, I've seen him. It's not just, it wasn't just ge- geographical rival. The, the rivalry was built. The NHL engineered those rivalries. You know, they, oh, yeah. with their 70-some-odd game schedule and then it turned into 82. But, you know, the way they had constructed it, the, this, the schedules, they had you playing teams in your division seven times. So the Rangers and Islanders back in the early, you know, the, the, that time period I'm talking about, the Patrick division, played each other seven times. Those rivalries built. And then here's the kicker, which this season is going to do as well. Not only did you kill each other in the Patrick division seven times, mm. right? And that was the majority of your schedule. And then you would play some other guy, you know, you'd play Boston or Montreal a couple of times, and then they throw in a West coast team for whatever you would kill each other. And then you would be seated one through four, just like they're doing this year. And one would play four, two would play three. So after killing each other for those amount of games, you then killed each other to get out of your division for the right to get into the final four and play for the cup. That's it's awesome. Like that, that's why I'm so excited. Like there's going to be so much, like these teams are not going to, they're going to get so tired of each other so quickly, but that's going to make for just some really, really entertaining. And like, just like I said, there's going to be a lot of these games are going to be just like barn burners, bloodbaths. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm very, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm over the moon that, they, and even if it's only 56 games, the fact that they, it's, they will get to the Islands remains playing eight times, but it's just like, you're going to see an opponent like two or three times in a row, which is just like, you'd be like, okay, after a while, I mean, like, I don't like these guys. I want to see someone else, but it's going to be like, okay, now we really know who, you know, what, who we're like, who we are, how we identify like ourselves as a team, like what we need to work on it. It's a, like, it's, it's like an experiment, but I think it's a great experiment because you don't, you're not used to seeing a team through two or three times in a row, like maybe two or three times in like two weeks, but you know, now it's going to be, you know, full speed ahead. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't remember a hundred percent, but I thought there was one point in time where we played each other three times or something in a row. It was three times in two ago. weeks last, last year, three times in two weeks. The, uh, the I, I still remember another time where I thought it was a weird scheduling that we wound up playing each other consecutively. Uh, usually it was course. always usually the, the oh, like in the past like decade it was always back to back. They really stopped they stopped doing that in the early 2000s but I think toward the later 2000s and up until about like I said like 4 or 5 years ago they would always play each other like back like in in like uh, home and home situations the Islands and Rangers. Well let let me just write it down really quick so we open up against each other uh two mm-hmm. games at the Garden uh 14th and the 16th 
then we do not play again. We play one game. It's a one-shot deal at the Garden again on February 8th. Um, mm-hmm. Rangers have the, a one game against New Jersey and, and then play Boston twice after that. But there is a one-shot game there in February. Then, so we're only playing three, three, each other three times in the first half of the 56-game schedule. In the second half of the 56-game schedule, we play five times. And the way they are breaking it out is then you get at the Coliseum two games in a row, mm-hmm. April 9th, April 11th. So we'll be this will be serious jockeying for position by the time we meet again, right? And then it gets weird, at least the way I see it on the Rangers schedule, April 20th at the Coliseum. And then we do not play again until April 29th, one game at the Garden, followed up by another game at the Coliseum. May 1st. Uh, on May 1st, which is a Saturday. So that's, that's, that the, is, uh, that's the schedule. And the Rangers only yeah. have four more games after that. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, I wrote it last, I tweeted it last week. I hope that May 1st game, because it's going to be the last potential Islander Ranger regular season game mm-hmm. at the Coliseum. I, I really hope that by that time fans will be allowed it. Uh, even if, uh, even if I miss any other game or if I don't get to go to any other game this season or for the fans, that's the one though. Cause that's a Saturday night. You would have, I mean, think like though that would be the classic old school. You know, you have people up in the parking lot at seven in the morning going all day, all night, but there could be a playoff spot or even more on the line, which would just be, you know, awesome. And that would just add to the, Add fuel to the fire, which I just hope that's the game that we get to. If that's the game we get to go back as fans, I'm, you know, I'm all in on that. Uh, so uh, when I spoke with somebody at the garden, um, you know, talking about possible like a, a group event or something like that, um, you know, they were honest and forthcoming. Like, you know, we're not even thinking about anything till probably February or March. Uh, so, I mean, and I know that there was some reporting yeah. in regards to that. I think Brooks put something out uh, about clarifications on, you know, sales. And it's it's around the same time. I mean, you're looking at this to get fans in the stands. Obviously, it's all fluid. We don't know what's going on. You know, does the vaccine take off uh, or, or whatever it is, whatever the, the case numbers are. We could have hockey, you know, people back in the stands, even in a limited capacity in March. Right. Maybe by by you know that game in May. You're right. Could be full capacity. We have. I mean, no obviously idea. they're doing it in Florida, and then uh, it just seems like that. That I don't understand that that state because they seem like they are the worst. Don't, when don't, it comes don't to put this. it on that state. Don't put it on that state. I'm not. Gonna, <laughs> I, I won't play that game because they're not the only ones. Dallas is no, doing no, 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 it. No, they're they're uh, not. But like Arizona is doing it. And, yeah, and honestly, look at the teams that are doing it, Rob. These are the teams that already have attendance issues and need every ounce of money just to survive. That's how I, I, I and I understand that, but like it's just like it, it seems like Florida just is like at the forefront. Oh, let's get people in the building. The Dolphins did it. Now the Panthers are doing it. It's just like there is a pandemic going on. Like you're gonna just yeah, I, I there's, a, there's a pandemic going on, and if you look at the numbers, their cases are not any different than New York's. Who's got ooh, that's what I'm saying. I, I full lockdown. You know, yeah. we're, we're not going to make this a COVID nineteen show. So here's no, the no, deal: no. just because I don't want people misconstruing with anything that Rob and I said, because in the day of social media, someone will take a snippet and just go, "We're anti-maskers" or some nonsense like that. We are not. Be safe. Wear a mask. Don't be stupid. Yep. There's a pandemic going out there. We're 
it's it's a new it's a new virus it's mutating in certain places so we are still in a learning phase regardless of there's a hopeful va- a hopeful vaccine out there we're still learning so rob and i will clarify so if anyone comes back with us with stupidity we'll come back with this clip that we just said wear a mask be safe <laughs> yada 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 <laughs> That's the game we have to play, Rob. Hundred percent, what he said. It's crazy the world we Uh, live in. Yeah, you know we can't we can't even just bandy about thoughts without going. Oh my god, I'm going to get put in thought jail. (laughs) Right, I know. Anyway, so uh, with that said, the one thing that I think the games will be great, right? And this is kind of a good segue. I think the games are going to be great. I think they're going to be competitive. Is it going to be as vicious and 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 as a you know big a rivalry? I think out of the gate, the Rangers and Islanders will go at it in the first two games. I'm not so sure we may see that towards the middle or as the dust starts to settle and these guys are trying to figure it all out. We the, there is something, and we learned this in, in return to play. There is something for fans in the stands, and even the players admitted it's not the same. So, no, what are your thoughts about how you think? the season will go without fans in the stands, even with all these rivalries. I think it'll be interesting. I I think it'll be a little bit different from the whole bubble situation because now you have teams in their own home buildings. And I think maybe the, I don't know if they're going to do like uh, uh, what they tried to do in like Toronto where they crank in uh, fan noise or they, you know, have those led boards. I I don't know. Like uh, I'm the last one to ask for that, but I think it'll definitely be interesting. Um, But, yeah, I, I believe I, I'm right there with you. I think the games are going to be competitive right off the bat. I also think having no preseason games also helps because then you have to be right on your toes to start the season. Like every game is going to be every game is going to be an important one, no matter uh, what's called for the first two months where you are in the standings. It's you know, everything is going to be on the line. But I it look, it's going to suck without fans. It, it sucked when they when they did the playoffs, but we made the most of it. Teams made the most of it. But I, I think it's just, yeah, I think we're going to see a little bit of the same situation uh, bubble-wise, but I don't know how, like, the other parameters that, you know, what the some of these teams are going to think about doing if they didn't, can't have fans other than, like we said, Arizona, uh, Dallas, and, and uh, Florida. So I'm very interested to see what, what, how it plays out. But, yeah, it, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Well, yeah, I, first off, I thought the NHL and kudos to the NHL. They did a tremendous job with return to play. Absolutely. Uh, I, I do believe they'll, they'll be some, I wouldn't say they will be full blown fan noise. They'll, they'll, they did it. They'll do something. They did something. That, it wasn't dead silence. Again, the, the NHL cannot risk being dead silent. So you could hear the no. F bombs all over the ice. I love right? that. I wish they had that. <laughs> well, yeah, they, they're definitely, they got to be really careful with that. So they, sure they're going to pump. I wish they had a ch- I was going to say, I think during the playoffs, I think TSN had two feeds. So you, you or the coming from Toronto at Edmonton or whatever. So one had the feed where the players were cursing and the other had the play. When, so I kind of wish just for this year, because of how unique it is, give me like that, that uh, TV MA channel with the games and I can hear the players just cursing and just <laughs> losing it on each other. Cause that's the, that's what makes hockey fun sometimes when you're, when you're a fan, well, when, when fans are in the buildings and you see teams get riled up and you can see th- these guys are going after each other and it's great. It's great. Like it, it makes these guys, it, it adds an element to the game that we just don't get to see on a, on a daily basis unless, you know, they're on, let's say like road to the NHL Winter Classic or they're mic'd up and we hear, 
but I wish they had something like that just for this year. That that would be the only idea I would throw if I ever got to talk to Gary Bettman. Well, uh, I, I did petition the Rangers. I said, you know, if we're going to do any type of, you know, pumped in crowd noise, you know, when they play the Islanders at some point, I'd love to hear, you know, 1983, last cup you'll ever see. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. That is what it is. <laughs> I mean. Look, that, that but, chant's getting old. 1994 is going to, it's just, everything's getting old. I Like, it's all, like, look, I don't, the Islands haven't won it since 83. Rangers have won since 94. No, we have no, no one has anything good to say anymore. It's like the insults are just, I find no, them stupid. I'm now. sorry. You get, you again, you don't get it, Rob. You don't get the night. No, I get it. Just, man. You don't ridiculous. get it. No, you I know. don't that, get it. If but, you know the Rangers suck, clap your hands. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> if you know the Rangers suck and they'll never win the cup. I mean, you didn't live through that, buddy. I did. Well, actually, no, I did. I did. Cause I, uh, they play that. They still play it at the Coliseum. Most oh, of the time. I'm sure they do. <laughs> uh, I, listen, I, I, I love the pot and sucks chant. Just, I know it's outdated. I don't care. Yeah. I just think it's great because it, it you know what? They, a lot of the younger fans like it's stupid, blah, blah, blah. And like, going, I get it, but you don't yeah. understand that chant has historical context. I mean, you tell me another chant that has lasted that long. Like you want to just like, I, I can't believe how quick people are just want to eliminate history. I'm like, there's a reason for that chant. I, and Potman is one I, of the greatest Islanders of all time. And that's true. And look, I've, I've said my two cents on the, the whole, the Potman sucks chant, uh, you know, over the, uh, over the years I've been on Twitter and it's just like, you know, it, it does have history, but you know, maybe it's time to retire. It's been, you know, it's been 41 years already. You know, no. Do you think people are going to still be chanting in twenty, uh, you know, ten years from now? I don't think so. Knock knock. <laughs> Who's there? Knock. knock. Who's there? <laughs> no, we're not retiring the chant. No. <laughs> I don't yes, know. that's a dad joke, guys. No, <laughs> Showing my. No, age. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> It'll. It, it's not going to go away. It's not. It's. It's not what it used to be. I. I. Sure I know. But you know that's because there's there's a lot you know some of the suits and some of the young kids just just go what the hell? well what Who's yeah plot, man? I just don't I just don't think it, I just don't think it has the same meaning as it you know if it was like if it not. was twenty year twenty years ago of course not but, but what's funny is is that you know showing how long in the tooth I am I do remember at one point in time like some one generation of fans probably in the early two thousand was like. Why? What? Why do the, the the Ranger fans chant Felix Potman sucks? I'm like going oh, Felix Potman. <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> I was like, who? The goalie for the Leafs? <laughs> like, no, we don't give a crap about him. Oh, that's <laughs> like, Dennis Potman, and that goes to show you those yep. kids go, who the hell is Dennis Potman? Right. It's it's no, pretty true. sad. It is what it yeah. is. I mean, you think you think people my you think kids my age know who crackhead like know what crackhead Theo was? No. <laughs> Yeah, uh, shame to go, too. You have to go look it up, like and yeah, like the like the chicken, like when he did the chicken dance on the on the bench, like you like uh, this is stuff that yeah, it's history, but it's just stuff that uh, it's like it's been it's been gone, like it's already been like thrown to the wayside almost. Uh, Theo Fleury, you know, for all his all his faults at, at late when he was with the Rangers, one of my favorite players. Being yeah. that I am not particularly tall, <laughs> I am I am vertically <laughs> challenged. Um, you know, I, I'm also not tiny, but I'm just at the same time seeing a guy who was five foot six dominate the way he mm. did and the way he got under opponent's skin. I mean, 
the, I, I love that guys would try to go after and hit him. And it's like, just going every time they went to check him, he was like, he'd duck and he'd be under your legs. <laughs> I mean, like, like he just would duck and like, you couldn't like, unless you were going to hit down to the ground, you weren't going to catch him. Oh, good times. Good times. Yep. Um, before we, you know, continue here, I just want to do a quick pit stop here and, and ask you uh, lots of report lately because camps are opening up in a few days and you know i don't want to be the bearer of bad news here but you try to be it doesn't time, sound like time. you know yeah. your best player is going to be signing anytime soon now mind you we've seen where the news is, seems pretty bad or bleak and then boom voila right before camp opens he signs his contract however what do you think is going to go on with number 13 and number 1 I, in your heart I, uh, well, I think he signs, uh, maybe it's, uh, let everyone know who we're talking about by name, <laughs> just in I, case I, there's I, somebody I, goes, we're talking, who? we're talking about Matthew Barzell, <laughs> Thank you. but I do believe he signed the last, uh, the last thing I heard last week when I asked someone about it was he was looking for a long-term deal and the numbers I was told was nine and a half million for six years, but we, we know that's really probably not in the realm of possibility if, and I said yesterday, uh, last late last night, if they can get him to go, if they can get it down to between eight, eight and a half million or even less, like if he goes for like seven, eight or seven, nine, that's an, that's a home run. That's a complete win in the Islanders book. And that's a, that shows you the, the, uh, why Lou Lemerle is, you know, who he is, but, uh, look, you could have a bridge deal. He could have a long-term deal. I just I do believe he signs. I think that there's there's a sense that they the Islanders and the Islanders want to get this done. I think he wants to get this done. You don't want this hanging over the team the rest of the season, and I don't think it will be. I know February 11th is the um, the uh, the cutoff date for when you can sign when RFAs can uh, you know sign and play the rest of the season. But I think they do get him signed. But you know, a lot of people made a, a good uh, a good point. Like if he signs a bridge deal get uh and bets on himself you know two three years from now he can he'll only still he'll be still under 26 years old and he can you know break the bank and the islands will have all the money the islands will have the money to give it to him because a lot of those bad contracts will be coming off the books you'll have leo Camara's contract off the books you'll have nick letty's contract off the books by that time you'll have andrew lads you'll have a lot of these guys the team might look a hell of a lot different than it does now but no i do think he signs uh, i hope he doesn't i don't think there's gonna be a holdout i heard it was a slight possibility but i can't see it not with the uh, not with the current situation at hand, and everyone knows the Islanders' cap situation. It is hell. But once everyone knows, once they get Johnny Boychuk's, uh, once they get him on LTIR, they get six million dollars to play with. And there's still other guys they need to sign who, who technically under the table are already signed. And Matt Martin, uh, uh, Corey Schneider, and whoever else they could possibly go after. But no, I. Could it be this weekend? Maybe. Could it be next week? I think more of a possible. I think that's more of a, where I would go with it. I'll tell you right now. It, I don't think it's going to be until the season starts. Hey, it might. It, it might. I don't it, think it's going to be until the season starts. I don't see him not having a contract by the time January fourteenth rolls around. I just can't. That's, no, no. I find that imp- I agree with you. A hundred percent. Everything. I, he's got. He, he's going to play. I don't know what the contract is going to look like. You know, it would be to me, it would be in the best interest of the Islanders to lock him up as long term as they can. Because if that guy 
feels slighted or doesn't like whatever. Like I'm telling you, he could see himself out. Like I know you got, I know you well, don't want to hear it. He could, no, I've heard, I've heard it. Yeah, he could see himself I, I, out after this contract is up. I don't know what his bridge deal is going to take him to. Does it take him to? Usually, teams. Lamarillo is not an idiot. Yeah. We know that, right? He'll no, probably do what the Rangers did with like D'Angelo and whatever, where they get and and Buchnevich, where they give themselves this one year lead. I think a little bit more than that. I think a little bit more than that. Well, well, they, they, again, the Rangers gave it gave. D'Angelo contract, but he's still got when his, this one's up, he's still a restricted free agent, which gives them still some leverage. I think the they didn't take it to unrestricted. I think they're going to expose him to Seattle. That's Ooh. my, that's my personal opinion. That's my personal opinion. Uh, once this year is over that D'Angelo will be exposed to Seattle. You are so wrong. With Brett Howden. So wrong. You couldn't be more wrong. I, I, I don't look, I, I think couldn't if be the Rangers wrong. really, be, I think if you the Rangers really, Okay, I'm, tell- I- I'm, I'm telling you, Rob, out of knowledge, you couldn't be more wrong. They're not exposing D'Angelo. He is, if anything, they will be trading him the next deadline. If anything, really? they're going to be trading him the next deadline. I would have, no, it will not be exposed. People won't like this opinion. I would have give me DeAndre Miller and Nils Lundqvist. Give you, me those you, two guys this year. You'll get them. Just as would have been in his place. No, you'll get I know, them. next year, next year. But Nils Lundqvist is, you know, he's got to first off be released from Lulia, and then he's got to sign right. an ELC, right? And from my understanding, that's going to happen at some point later on in the season. And again, are you going to bring him over? Yeah, you could bring him over, maybe play, let him play in the AHL. I, I don't think he's ready yep. to bump it. And maybe he does bump out D'Angelo. I don't know. They're talking about putting D'Angelo on the left side. There's all kinds of conversations going on. And until the season starts, I can't. But I do know this. Exposing him is not an option. The Rangers are going to get something for him, if anything. The Rangers are going to, more likely than not, they're going to expose Howden. That's pot. They're going to probably expose. That's a given. That's a given. That those those two are a given. Yeah. Right. And then, from my understanding, some people are saying that they might expose Brendan Lemieux. I don't. I don't see that. I I, I, Julian Gauthier probably will be exposed. Now, remember, they can only lose one. Here's, here's, here's my, I'll just, yeah. Look, my opinion on Brandon LeBeau, I think he's a, a solid player. I think he's a pain in the ass, which every team should have. And I just don't think he fits with what the Rangers are trying to become. That's, that's just what I see. What I see a little bit. I I, I like the way he plays. He, he has a lot of stall, but I think that the Rangers are trying to, the, the problem I think with the Rangers right now is uh, other than, I don't think their defense is as deep as people think, think it is. Their bottom six still, is up in the air and there's a guy like, like Brendan Lemieux who, you know, they traded for him, uh, from Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. And I just, I feel like he needs to break out a little bit. Uh, I mean, I know you don't pay, he's not paid to, you know, score 15, 20 goals a year. I know he's, he's paid to be a pain in the ass, but he's the guy, he's got some skill to him. Mm-hmm. And I just, I think he's the kind of guy like this year, if the Rangers are going to you know be a really good, solid team, you need your bottom six to also produce. And he's the guy I would think I would look to, to be one of those guys to, you know, be that guy. The, he, he definitely is what the Rangers need and lack and what they don't have anything in there. As far as I'm concerned on the roster. Yeah. They put Kevin Rooney on toughness? the team. Right. They, they, yeah. But he's not just toughness. Like he can bang, he can hit. You he's know, a he's, Matt Martin clone. Yeah, he's, he's he's certainly an energy guy with some offensive ability. Don't forget, David Quinn used him on the power play to stand in front of the net. 
the, you know, he's got some talent to him without a doubt. And I think he's a good team guy. And, Absolutely. you know, I, when, during the whole contract, I had a brief conversation with, with his dad, who's his agent, Claude, and he feels pretty much the way I do that, you know, he's exactly what the Rangers need and don't, and lack. And I think he, he knows that too. And I think Lemieux knows that, um, you know, the, the other thing is I said, uh, you know, the Rangers, like you said, I, I don't think I'm not concerned. I, one thing's for sure guys. And I'll tell you, tell you this right now, Rangers will have no trouble scoring goals. And again, health is going to be the biggest issue for every team in 56 game schedule. Health is going to be everything. Rangers will have zero oh, yeah. problems scoring goals. Zero. They actually have two awesome lines and a third line with some serious potential. Cause tell me where Lafreniere is playing. If Lafreniere is on the third line, there's a very good chance that, that line. I know he shouldn't, but we he don't. He shouldn't be on the third line. You can't tell me with no exhibition games and a very limited, I don't know how right. you're going to conduct, you know, how, how David course. Quinn is going to be like, yeah, I'm definitely going to remove Kreider off the first line. I'm going to put Lafreniere. No, I, I, would, uh, I would put Lafreniere on the second line. I'd put Ryan Strom on the third line. I'm very interested to see what happens with Ryan Strom. Now he's got his money. But he's who's going to play bet. second line center? Zabinijad. Second line center is Zabinijad? Wait, 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 wait. No, no. 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 I'm talking centers. You're moving Strom off to the third line. I'm like, well, we don't have a no, legitimate third line oh. center. Like you who's have nobody. Who's the third line center? Filipino at this point. Uh, that's, I yeah, that I think that's a good spot for him as a third line you center. Do, yes, do with really, Lafreniere. Do you, really see, do you really? No, I think Lafreniere should be in the top six. I really, really do. Uh, okay, where are you putting him? You, so, so Kreider's now moving He's to the third way. line. No, no, no. Kreider's still on the Kreider's on the second line. Where's Panarin? Yeah, Bob, Panarin's on the first line. But he's a left wing. I just told you all three left wings. Which one are you moving to the third line? Would uh-huh. it be that bad if it, I mean, would it, I don't think it would be that bad if you move Kreider to the to the third line. I think that I think he could really thrive there. I I think I, my a guy like Lafreniere is a top, he's a top six talent. I agree. I would to start like- the season. I agree with you. Put him on the bottom six. But as the season goes on, I would start to. I have no issue with Kreider being generally moved. that's his his uh, where he's used to playing. I have no issue. I, I'm actually pitching for Kreider to be moved to the third line. I think that would benefit Philip Heedle as well. I think Heedle would do well. This well is this, this is a make or break here for for Philip Heedle. That's that's a given. I agree. So get so give him a, a player, a veteran like Kreider, who is going you know who can. Yeah, they crash that, the boards. That's kind of where uh, that's kind of where I'm saying put Lafreniere on the second line and see what he uh, see what he can do, you know, there as a top like in the top six and see if he could thrive there. I'm I'm more inclined. I, I love I love Panarin with Strom because I think it balances. I don't think Lafreniere and Strom will have good chemistry because um, Strom is not a finisher. Strom is a streaky player. Yeah, but Lafreniere and by the way, Panarin can play with anybody. And Kako is supposed right. to be on that line. I would love, yeah, yeah. I would love a Lafreniere, Zibanejad, Buchnevich line. Buchnevich has developed into a guy who goes into the corners and actually digs out pucks, which is great and has offensive talent. Lafreniere is the same type of player. The reason why I say Lafreniere with Zibanejad is because Zibanejad has. 50 goal potential as a center. That's not right. You don't find that. And usually 
they're playmakers and distributors, but Lafreniere is coming in as a Patrick Kane type, right? A lot of people are referring, not they're calling him Patrick Kane, but Patrick Kane has the ability to impact all the players as a center, even though he plays the wing. And that's because Lafreniere, just like Kane, does not go up and down his board and is content with that. He's all over the ice. And he draws people to him. And and Zibanejad's shot and his finish and nose for the net, he could he could certainly become a you know maybe a, a this season fifty six games 40, 40 goals in fifty six games. I mean the clip he was on he was he was going to score you know fifty in in eighty two. I'll just I I think I think the most goals uh, and I'm just spitballing. I think the most goals we're going to see in this fifty six game season is. At best, seventy, or or no, no. Oh wait, as a goal, I'm sorry, as a goal scorer for one particular for a particular goal scorer, I think the highest we'll see, um, maybe fifty five. I I just can't see a guy. Someone's like, going to score fifty five goals in fifty six games. I don't see it. I think I think that no, 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 no. I'm sorry, I'm losing my mind. I'm sorry. Forty you, goals. You're, forty. Forty. By the 40, way, Rob just is, woke up an hour ago. Yeah, but, sorry, <laughs> I was working. No, uh, I think forty is forty is the max we're going to see this year, and I think there are going to be a lot of guys who can do it too. And uh, I think I agree. That's one of them. I, I think the Rocket Richard Trophy. Is, I think the two best contenders for <laughs> the Rocket Richard Trophy this year are going to be Alex Ovechkin and Mika Zibanejad because David Pasternak is going to miss a large chunk of the season. Those are my two yeah. picks. Well. I think Ovechkin's going to go. He's going to go absolutely ham this season because now he's going to be remotivated. He's got a new coach in Laviolette. He got. He's been. He's had his ass kicked the last two years uh, in the playoffs. I think you're going to see. I think this might be one of the best. Uh, even though it's a shortened season, this is going to be like an Ovechkin revenge tour type season. Well, if, if not like he, he needs one, if but, he wants to break Gretzky's all-time goal scoring record, I already did the math. He's going to need to score at least 35 goals this year. Oh, that's a. That's not even that's yeah. not even a problem for you him. Catch again. There's the dynamic. You're playing the same team eight times. You're gonna have here's, a, here's the thing. He never gets hurt. Ever. I, uh, he's so <laughs> he's so durable. Yeah, never I mean, gets hurt. Never misses a game. He's he's an Iron Man. That that blog out of Washington is per- Russian machine never break. <laughs> <laughs> like that guy. He's good. He's good. Um. <laughs> yeah, honestly, and we get into the division I, a little bit. M- McDavid probably is going to win the scoring oh, title yeah. this year if he's healthy. I think McDavid in a fifty-six game schedule could p- put up seventy-five points with ease. Um, you know, I have my dark my dark horse is Elias Pettersson. Uh, Elias Pettersson's great. I, I still think uh, as, as long as McDavid is healthy, that's that's a lot of. I don't get like I saw the the odds for the that North Division and the Canucks were at plus five fifty and the. I'm like, really? Like, I know they lost a lot of it, but they're a damn solid team. And they got Holpe, who is going to be rejuvenated. He might be rejuvenated too. And I, I think they're going to, I think they can win that division. I think they're going to be really, really good. All right, folks. When we come back, we're going to, we're going to just do our predictions for the, uh, the North, the hate, North. I'm sorry. Hate predictions. <laughs> our hate predictions for the <laughs> East. I'm going to come fully loaded with this one. So let's see what Rob comes up with. And we're back. So now let's talk a little bit about predictions. Now, odds makers, I saw the odds makers. The odds makers, um, I believe they gave the Boston Bruins, you know, top 
billing to, to win the division in the East. Mm-hmm. I think the Flyers are second. I think they put the Penguins either at third or fourth with the, uh, which with I the, don't get with the Capitals. And then they put the Islanders at fifth Rangers at sixth. Um, I think they put the, the Sabres at seven and the devils at eight or something like that. Now yep. I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure as an Islander fan, you feel slighted that the Islanders are put out of it. All right. But I'm going to, let's break it down. Do you see the Boston Bruins winning the division? I think they, I think they do win the division. I think it's going to be very tough for them. Uh, That maybe their window has finally started to creep. It's starting to close a little bit. They are getting older. They just lost Tory Krug. Uh, yeah, and their core is getting their core is starting to fade a little bit. You're, uh, who knows what, what's going to happen with Shara? I mean, that that really doesn't. But I think I feel like they're still the top dog, no matter what anybody says. Even without David Pasternak for half the season, you still have to deal with Patrice well, Bergeron, David not, Krejci. It's not just Pasternak; they don't have Marshawn either. So they don't have I no, the Marshawn's dealing with an injury long term too. So. I'm looking at the Bruins and I'm, I'm like going, mm-hmm. I don't know why you would put them at the top. Mm. I don't, you know, Tuka Rask. Well, because they're the Bruins. They're the Bruins I, I, they, I really they, don't care. The, to me, the team that, the, my, again, they're second, but my favorite to win the division are the Flyers. I believe the Flyers win this division. The Flyers showed last year they were legit. They got goaltending. They've got, uh, you know, a great regular season coach, folks. Everyone knows Alan Mio is a great regular season coach. Um, so, you know, and he's in his only second year there, so he hasn't worn his welcome yet. So I look at the flyers being one and, and maybe again, the Bruins can survive their injuries. They're definitely going to make their playoff worthy. Are they number two? I don't know. I like the caps. I don't know. I, my, my thing with the flyers and I, I know that they're great. They have great defense, great goaltending. It's their offense that scares me a little bit because they're also their core has gotten older and I'm still waiting for that time when, or I'm still waiting for that. It's been long enough. When is Claude Giroux going to really, really, really like become the guy? I'm not saying he hasn't been the guy in Philadelphia, but there's been times over his, uh, in the, during his career where I, it's just like, is that guy really that good? Or is it maybe just the numbers are inflated, but look, they've got, they've, Got youth, and we said they have golden head. I just their offense still is a question mark for me. And I saw I saw when they played the Islanders in the playoffs, it, it didn't seem like they were getting as much production as they could have from their key guys. So that's going to be crucial this year if they're going to want to win the division. What I said about the Caps before, I mean, their Peter Laviolette is a fin- phenomenal head coach, I agree. and I think they are going to. They didn't make a lot of changes this in the off season. Uh, the goalie situation, you know, uh, all prayers out to Herman Glundquist that it just sucks. It's terrible. I, I think that might really hamper them, but it also could be the starting point for where this kid, Ilya Samsonov, could really show what he's made of. Because uh, he's, he's got a good team in front of him. The Caps are still a very, very high-powered, high-offensive-minded uh, team. Mm-hmm. It's their defense where there's still a few question marks beyond John Carlson, uh, Orlov, and uh, uh, Michael Kempney. Those are the three guys who... Yeah, I agree. Beyond that, I'm I'm a little skeptical. And then you have the Islanders. And I look, they can win the division. They can. They've shown that they can be the last two years. A chance. I I don't. 
look, they've just as they've just as good a chance as anybody. Take your on the color glasses off. I'm not. Here's why I'm not gonna. I can't take my no. I'm not wearing on the color. I'm being serious because there wasn't a lot of changes in the offseason. Yeah, they did lose Devon Taves and they did lose Thomas Christ. And yeah, Johnny Boychuk's on, but they're getting they're actually getting younger now. And this is a team that's shown anytime now you count them out, they surprise you. I mean, I don't know how much more they they the amount of respect that the lack of respect for them by from around the league is just it's, it's ridiculous because it, it's because ridiculous you're a, because you're a head coach. You, you, you got a great head it does, coach, but he, he's you play a, head, a sound he's a system. Yeah, okay. you, you're not going to want to hear this, but you guys are probably won't even make the playoffs this year. The only way you make the play, the only uh, way you that, make the playoffs, that, that I can't agree with the that. only way you make the playoffs is if Varlamov stands on his head or Sorokin is as great as everyone says. I don't th- see. You I need don't think that's- they have goaltending. You need goaltending. Uh, w- w- listen, Varlamov isn't the guy you saw. I'm sorry. I don't believe in Varlamov. He was. He, <laughs> he played over his head in the playoffs. I don't think he did. Over his head. He is not that so. good. He is not that good. And you better bank on Sorokin being being the, the next great goaltender for the Islanders. And I think he could be. But it's a lot to ask him if Varlamov falters for him to pick it up. The fact that he's got he's still got to make the adjustment. To play in the NHL, he's not even going to play AHL games. He's going to he's going to jump right into the fire of a fifth. That, and that's what we, that's what he needs. That's what he needs. Hey, but you you say, but you you said before down the, the it's a sound system. That sound system has made them one of the best defensive teams in the NHL. Sure, they still lack offense, but you can't find me a team that other than maybe Tampa or Las Vegas that they're def- they play extremely tight defensively, and that's their style, and they win games because of it. And I think. Sure. I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this division. Yeah, the Islanders might be a little bit older than some of the teams that we mentioned, and they're definitely better than Buffalo. They're definitely better than the Devils. I Everyone is. Well, yeah, I could definitely see them. they're definitely better than Pittsburgh. We'll get Pittsburgh is going to fall off a cliff this year. That's that's if I was going to make one prediction, that's my prediction. Their point, their defense. I don't like their offense. Is not the not what it was from years past. Even I, Crosby and Malkin are are getting to that age where they that's can't. It. You name you nailed it. That's the key for the Penguins. It's all about health, and unfortunately for mm-hmm. the Penguins, their two best players are often not always available. Malkin's back flares up all the time during during a season. he's 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 going to be in his late thirties. I again, the Penguins. Like, we'll never doubt. Me, I can never doubt Sidney Crosby. I know. I, I agree. They need to, to me, that team is on the bubble and I have the, I, I have them possibly falling out. Okay. I like the Rangers and Islanders chances of making it over them simply because if Crosby or Malkin misses any time, two weeks for Malkin is five or six games, eight games in a 56 game schedule, that's 10% of the season, five or six games. You know, if, if Crosby's out two weeks, you're talking about another six or eight games, those guys are bound to miss time. And here's the other thing. This this is going to be a war of attrition. This is going to be uh, your body will be sore. The con- the schedule is condensed. I understand, but it's going to be hell because you're 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 playing the same people over and over again. By at some point, it's going to be a playoff field, and there will be injuries. How severe those injuries are, I do not know. Can you survive mm-hmm. them? That's mm-hmm. going to be for every team, right? That's why I do like the Flyers right. at this point. I do like the Caps. I do like the Bruins, and right now, I just look at the Rangers and go, "That's my that's my team to make it as the fourth seed." 
simply because they have Shesterkin and Georgiev. They have the goal. They have Panarin, Zibanejad, who are already being ranked as like top 10 forwards in the league, right? Mm-hmm. You've got Lafreniere, you've got Kako, you've got Kreider, you've got Strom, you've got Buchnevich. They're loaded on the top two lines, right? And they have yeah, the top. They're top heavy. They're top. They're top them. heavy. Don't I'm not. Their defense is solid, but not good. Once you get once you get to the bot the bottom pair in defense, I have no idea. I, Jack Johnson is not instilling confidence in me. I still, okay? can't, I still can't believe they signed him. Brendan Smith, I, they signed him as a veteran. I don't even know, but he, you know, he can be put on the taxi squad and only you only get like a $15,000 cap hit or some $75,000. Right. Regardless of that, you, Brendan Smith is still around. The key for the Rangers is going to be simple. Will Ryan Lindgren is the only penned-in left defenseman. So can Libor Hayek be the guy that they traded for? Can Tarmo Runinen, this prospect from Finland that has been like incredible in the Finnish league this year, is he really, is he legit? Can he make that mm-hmm. step? Is Keandre Miller ready? Do they want to put him in there? They're burning a year off his ELC no matter what, because he signed it in his year 20. So this year is a burn. He doesn't have to play right. a single game. It's burned. So there's performance bonus issues with the Rangers. Do they do it anyway? He's, it's all going to have to be decided by, by coach Quinn. If those guys pan out better than Smith and Johnson, then I can see this Rangers team, as long as they're healthy, and I'm going to say this for every team in our division, especially our division, because it's brutal. If if they're healthy, they can, I think the Rangers can get that fourth seed. And I feel that way about the Islanders too, over the Penguins. I just, by the way, you ever, you follow, um, there's a site called Money Puck. Ever see it? I was actually, uh, no offense, uh, right before we started this, I started to do a blog about that, what I saw yesterday from Money Puck and how I'm just disgusted. Yes, because the Rangers are at 45% 45 to make the playoffs and the Islanders are at 40. (laughs) No, it's not even that. They have the Penguins ahead of the Islanders and they have the Sabres just below the Islanders, which I'm just like, it's just... it's so head scratching. And the, the, the Sabers are good. The, the Sabers are good. No, 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 no. What I, what I mean, what they just I don't mean, have any goaltending. No, what I, what I mean is, they have the Islanders and the Sabers in the same like, air, uh, like roundabout percentage, degree, which is a joke. The Sabers haven't made the playoffs in nine years, they and you have the, the Islanders. I, I really, uh, the, uh, you could call it rose colored glass or whatever. Now just made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Does that not amount to anything? And does it really not amount to anything to anybody? I listen. I wrote on a daily goal. I, I just don't get it. I don't. I, I that the Islanders aren't as good as 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 they as they play. They 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 were great. I'm going to give them all credit. I will not discredit what they did last year. That the Islanders were proof positive. That's what you can do when you commit to a system and play it to a T. You can go very, very far, especially in a tournament like the Stanley Cup playoffs. And credit, full credit to the Islanders. I do look at, you know, Boychuk is a big loss. I do I don't look think at, he's not a big loss. Uh, not with Do- not with Dobson, right? He's I, I just one, think his presence in the, the locker four. room was something. That's they that's, have a they have a whole bunch of guys that can that can take his place uh, as as kind of as backwards as that sounds, because Boychuk was a hell of a leader. They've got guys like Casey Zizek, Cal Clutterbuck. You got Captain Angel. There are guys that have been there for years now that can take, will take his way. And this is, we mentioned, uh, we said Matthew Bar- at Barzell, 
I know people don't see him as the lead, as a leader, but I think there's going to be a time now if he signs a big contract, he's going to turn into a little. He's he's going to be a quiet leader on the ice. He brings so much fire, so much passion to the game. I I know he's more of the flash type of guy, but I can see him definitely being a new leader on this team. You know, just a, in a quiet sense now with a guy like Boychuk, you know, no, no longer around. Uh, I love Barzell. I, I I love everything about his game. The guy, sh- the guy is a future captain of the Islanders. Needs to shoot more. He, he, well, yeah, he's not uh, a future yeah. captain. Not happening. Not with Anders Lee around. Mm, <laughs> I would give it to him. That's that's my that's my opinion. He's okay. Whatever got your best player. If they were going to give it to him, they would have gave it to him right after Tavares left. But they, they he wasn't ready for it. Uh, a lot of people, he's not. He, he wasn't ready. I don't think he's still ready yet. He's only 23. No, 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 no. Barzell is, I, I don't, still don't think he's ready for it. There's still times he shows immaturity on the ice. That's going to happen with a, you know, a guy who's only been in the league three or four years. But I, if he's going to become captain, it would have to be with Andrews Lee either being traded away or him being exposed in the expansion draft. And that's not happening. So I hear you. I can, yeah. All right. So we're, we're going to wrap up the show. Uh, before we go, Rob, anything you want to plug your Twitter handle, go for it. Yeah, my Twitter handle is uh, rtop underscore. You can find my stuff, Empire Sports Media. I'm going to start, once uh, next week starts, I'll be writing again for Isles Blog, like doing a, a column here and there, you know, every few days. And I did promise you, I don't know if you saw this, once the season was officially set to begin, I was going to do a a, da- uh, a column for the Daily Puck. The Daily once a week. Daily Goldhorn, I'm sorry. I, it's it's all right, man. It's, and and I appreciate it. And I'd be... I'll be proud, place, to, but... proud to promote your work. It's you. You're a fantastic writer. You're extremely knowledgeable. Uh, all jokes aside, Rob, I truly, you know, enjoy the little friendship we've built here. And I, you know, look forward to speaking awesome. to you again. So fans wrapping it up. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Um, and before we go, 1983, last cup you'll ever see. Later, everyone. Back.